0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.
1: Bell. we're live at Atlanta United's training grounds. Guys in Marietta, we are sitting here, literally chopping it up with Brad Guzan, and uh, we bring in Brad into the show. We love this dude. Um, he's one of our faves. He has been since day one. We were hurt last year oh, when he went down because we knew what we were losing, but we also knew Mike, you know, what we were losing in leadership. Right. And uh and you saw it play out last year with this club. Brad, it's good to have you back, man. You look in great shape. Bro, you've been pumping? What's going on with it? You look like you've been putting up some weight. Yeah,
2: that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. What's happening, guys? <laughs> Listen, I know exactly where the gym is, obviously. So right? he, <laughs> all's good. He
3: just he looks like he's just poured into that uniform, not
2: <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. Yeah, you because know, we were just I'll tell you we
3: did like the interview before the interview, we were just asked obviously we, the first thing we asked him was about how's the Achilles and then he was talking about, you know, the doctor, the work he showed us the pictures, which are unbelievable. And then uh, we were uh, worried about you coming back too soon. So everybody, you're, they're monitoring you pretty darn close, right? It's like if Secretary had, had an Achilles, that's how much attention you're
2: getting right now. No, for sure, for sure. I've, I've got to clear about three or four different people before I'm allowed to do, you know, <laughs> certain activities and whatnot in training. But I feel good. I don't think about it whatsoever, uh, and that's the most important thing. As I was telling you guys off air, you know, it's the mental hurdle of getting over it and, and trusting my body and that part's all there and so um you know if if you ask our guys the the last two weeks of preseason i'm I'm back to my normal self and yelling at guys organizing guys and, (laughs) and just just wanting to compete and you know i think miles can can say the same thing just that first day of small sided games and just being out there and competing that adrenaline that you have when you're out there uh competing you want to win every single time whether it's 4v4 5v5 whatever it may be um and and that part's still there. That's that that burning fire that's in in your stomach. And you know there were there were days when you know I was leaving the field ticked off and, and mad because you know I I didn't finish t- top you know and that uh, that to me is a, is a good sign because I I want to make sure that I have that part and and I know the the actual physical stuff will will come back and you know it's it's. It's there, but it'll certainly come back over the next couple weeks with preseason.
1: All right, before we get into this club, the new management, all the things that are going on, this is the Tom Rinaldi moment here. (laughs) How difficult was it for you as you were at home, knowing you couldn't do the things you wanted to do? I'm curious just from a mental perspective. Like, we get up every day, you get out of bed, you do your thing, right? Now you can't do your thing. For sure. You need help. You need people to you got to rely on somebody. It's like, ah, how mentally tough was that
2: cuz you're an athlete,
1: man. You you do this. This is what you do. How, how
2: That was the hardest part. That was the hardest part. Not be I mean just not being able to to hop down the stairs, you know, single, single leg, just hop down the stairs in the morning, try to get a cup of coffee. I had my scooter, I had my, my <laughs> crutches, <laughs> right. You know, just using all these other tools to, to help me get around. That part was extremely difficult. That was, I would say the, probably the, the most uh, frustrating, yeah, well frustrating, but most difficult. It wasn't the rehab. It wasn't the, the, the return to play on the field. It was the mental side of it. And then, as you mentioned, watching, watching the games, mm, yeah. I mean, the, for 90-plus minutes, right? It was a miserable year for, for all of us. But then not being able to go down there, I mean, at halftime I'm running down and, you know, on my scooter b- right. two minutes before the the, the half would, would finish. I'm scooting down to the locker room to, to try to get into guys and tell them what I'm seeing from upstairs and try to help guys. But I, I, I ultimately, I physically couldn't be out on the field. I couldn't help the guys. I couldn't help my brothers. And that part it sucks. Man, yeah, oh. that part was terrible.
3: It is Brad Guzan with us, guys, captain of Atlanta United, and again, 64 caps for the U.S. Men's National Team. We'll talk about World Cup in a sec, mm. but uh, th- th- this team is going to look very different for United fans out there. I know that a lot of money was spent on guys, like it's not your job, you're not the GM, but what do you think we're going to do? We still have some, we got some holes we got to fill. We're going to talk to Garth Lagerway coming up, but there's some new faces we got to still bring in,
2: right? I. Would think so. Uh, I mean, listen, we we we, we joke around, uh, obviously on the inside in the locker room, right? In the locker room, there's there's some empty there's right. some empty lockers, and as a as a teammate and as a group, we know that we probably need to fill those lockers with some with some personnel. So um, that'll be a good question for him. But uh, but no, listen, it's the the group that we have. I can say has been focused, has been. Um, Determined, has been enthusiastic about training, um, and you don't always get that, especially preseason, right? You know what you're going to go into. It's going to be grueling days. It's going to be tough sessions, but that's that's the basis that you have to have a foundation, right? You need to build on something, and and for us, we need to we need to start from from scratch right. because last year wasn't good enough. It wasn't. Oh, we can we can add on on top of last year. No, we we need to start fresh and we need to build a, a solid foundation, and, and it starts now. No, Joseph, curious to know.
1: I'm not even going to ask you what happened. I think we all kind of know. But but uh, we need to score goals, man, right? We we got to score goals, and he was a big-time goal scorer. I mean, so uh, from that perspective – how do you look at things with who's here right now we don't know who's coming yeah. but who's here right now and how do you feel about the makeup of those guys the strikers the guys that can put the goal in the, you know put the ball in the back of the net
2: yeah for sure i mean listen i we all know what joseph was about we know what he brought to this club we we know what he means to the fan base that part will never change right and in, in in professional sports in general not just soccer but professional sports all over the world players come players go the club is is forever the most important and and the club will be here when i'm finished when you guys are finished like it will be here forever um and so with that being said we know that we do have quality you know tiago has another year under his belt luis has another year under his belt um and so trying to get guys like that to to maximize their potential maximize their ability because we know that they do have the ability to to not only score goals but also create goals and and be exciting, dynamic players for us in the attacking third. Um, I think when you lose a player like Joseph, it's only normal to think that we will try to replace him in some capacity, Uh, maybe not the exact type of player, but a striker in general, because I think at the minute we've got Jackson Conway, uh, the the one and only. And so uh, I don't think it's fair to him to put all of that responsibility on his shoulders. And and so I would think that at some point um, in another attacking player forward uh, right. would come through the door.
3: We're live at the Atlanta United's training facility, guys, Dukes and Bell, talking to Brad Guzan, and we're getting ready for the uh, 2023 season. The uh, The other thing, we talked about this before we came on, we're talking to Brad, you know, interview, pre-interview, is Miles Robinson. And, yeah. I, you know, Tiago Almada got, you know, World Cup experience as a youngster in Argentina, and they obviously made it all come true. I really felt, I'm sure you did too, Miles not getting to have that World Cup experience because obviously he would have made that uh, starting roster.
2: For sure. I mean, not only made the starting roster, he would have been in the starting 11, right? And so... Um, I, you know, we, we, we talk about it, you know, every now and then. Right. And when, when he went down, I'm watching the game from the suite and he goes down and I couldn't watch the game anymore. I, I scooted my butt down to the locker room and, and I just wanted to be there with him, man, because I knew what had happened. It, it was pretty obvious what had happened from upstairs and, um, knowing what he had at stake and to, to see that all go away and the snap of, uh, right. Snap of his finger, snap of his Achilles, right? Uh it was it was devastating. It was devastating for, obviously for him. It was devastating for us as his teammates. Um, not because of Atlanta United, but what he had on the horizon with the national team and what the World Cup is about and timing of a World Cup. Um it, it was it, it was it was horrendous. And so um I know he's put that behind him and, and he's looking full steam ahead. Um but, yeah, that's a moment that will forever be, you know, connected to that injury. Yeah,
1: you don't get it back,
2: right? Ex- exactly. I mean, exactly. That's, that's the thing.
1: Like, yeah, I'm looking forward to 2026 and all that. But yeah. you don't get it back, man. Yeah. I mean, like. There's no you, guarantees. No. There's no
2: guarantees about 2026. There's no guarantees about 2030. It, it's in the here and the now. And, right. and he had that moment. And like that, it was gone. Brad, uh, I'm curious. Grass, natural
1: turf. Turf grass. I don't know all the terms of this stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. But we we know grassy grass, yeah. We, and we know they have natural surface out here at the training ground. Is there anything in the back of your head with that as you play now? We know we got artificial. We got great artificial turf at, at, at Mercedes Benz, right? We've been down there. It's spongy, right? You can yeah. bounce off of it. But I'm curious, you know, with the injury, is that do you prefer one over the other? It doesn't matter, or. That's not even in your head?
2: Not even in my head. Uh, I can't control that, right? I, you know, when it happened, when the injury happened, I I can't go back and change the injury. It it, it happened. I can't control the the surface that's here, the surface at the stadium. I mean – you know, as long as I've been here, no one's gonna say, "Oh, Brad, what do you think? We should change Mercedes-Benz Stadium the grass, <laughs> or we're gonna change the turf, or something like that." It doesn't work like that, and so um, I've got to get on with it. And and so that that part doesn't creep in my head whatsoever. Um, I'm grateful to the support staff that we've had here at the club. Obviously, uh, people down at the stadium, I know they do a great job of, of maintaining and and looking after the turf. I can't I can't control what happens, right? And so. I just got to be able to get my head down, stay focused on what I can do, and that's train hard, be a good teammate, help my teammates be successful in whatever way I can. That's what it's about. I'm from the operation standpoint.
1: Do you have various doctors who are vying for the opportunity to do the surgery? <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm just no. curious. Like when these injuries happen yeah. to stars like yourself, right? Nice I know star. you're getting multiple. Whatever you're <laughs> getting multiple opinions.
2: Yeah, right. Exactly. the and night I- the, the night it happened. The night it happened. I was on the phone with, with U.S. Soccer's doctor. I was talking to okay. other doctors, friends that you know, ankle specialists, doctors in New York, California, um, Illinois, and so I was talking to to multiple doctors. Obviously, our head ortho, Peter Simbus, uh, he's the one that ultimately operated on me and. From what my understanding was with an Achilles operation is it's not necessarily the surgery itself and the repair because they're all similar. Basically, take the two ends of the rope, wrap Drop it, wrap, wrap it together, and and you know wrap 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 some right. string around it and call it a day. Uh, it's down to the the return to play. It's down to the rehab. It's down to what you do after the operation. Right. And so I knew that they said you want to have surgery as quick as possible from when the injury right. happened. So it was a few days later, and I was under the knife. Okay. Other than
3: having to, get, to turn the back of his insurance card, you got to make sure that obviously his, his provider pays for it. Well, that's what <laughs>
2: Step one, <laughs> workers' oh, comp. Yeah. workers' <laughs> cop. <laughs> so,
3: and then, by the way, just as a follow-up, we, we did talk to Darren Neils before we went over to Newcastle that they went through a third party. To look at the field turf to see if there was any kind of coincident because of uh, another, but then if there was something, their other teams' players would have the same Achilles. I guess would be the yeah. If there was something, who knows? All right, man. This team moving forward, can we find? I know that we asked you, what do we need? Seems like if you go back to eighteen and nineteen, we need like a Nagby. We need to find. They don't grow
2: on trees, but we seem like we need one of those type guys to get it from you up to the front. No, for sure. I mean, listen. Obviously, when you look at the eleven players on the field. You look at someone like a player like Darlington Nagby, who is probably like a 6 or an 8, but he's right in the middle of it, right? He's right. he's dead, dead smack, right in it's the like middle. a point guard. Correct. And so he's able to control the tempo of the game. He's able to control the ability to link the back to the front, the front to the back, um, make sure that when we are attacking, things are closed off and, and they're not going to transition the other way. That being said, Darlington is a special player. and yeah. And so... In professional sports, all professional sports, it's not about saying we need to go find another Darlington Nagby. I think we have the players. It's about maximizing their potential, their ability, and saying, making sure they understand their roles and responsibilities to the fullest. And so I don't think we're going to find a Darlington, right. uh, but at the same time, I still think we can get close to what that player's responsibility is in the center of the field, and I think we have that in, inside this building.
1: Great stuff! It is always good to see you, man. I'm so happy that you are back. That you feel great. That we're going to get a chance to see you on the pitch again. Right. Uh, now are you going to practice this afternoon?
2: Or what's yeah, you? Absolutely. Okay. First, first double day of the season, so I re- I'm raring to go. Oh, just to- I'm ready. So I'll be, I'll be, I'll be yelling. You know, you're going to have to. You'll be back exactly. Well, no, you, you carve up. I tell you what. You know what? <laughs> There's no better gift than a six pack of man. <laughs> I go. appreciate <laughs> it. I I'm appreciate man. it. Yes, sir.
1: It's always good to see you, bro. We had to bring some. <laughs> I Mike, love it, Mike Literally said today, he goes, I'm going to bring Brad some hay yeah. <laughs> I said, Bro,
2: he's training. You know he's I not going to hit it. Well, I mean, I'm going into the film meeting it. right now yeah. with this. All right, bro, what do we got here?
3: So, uh, it's, it's very awesome. 1970s NFL. Let's crack a beer, exactly. <laughs> smoke a cigarette, get out there and train. Exactly. Well,
1: Brad, man, uh, good luck. You know, we'll be around following things and uh, certainly being at the matches and seeing what's ha- what's happening with this team. But we're excited, man. So, thank you again for stopping by.
2: Appreciate it. Always a pleasure, guys. All
1: right, cool. guys. Brad Guzan, we're coming back. We're live at Atlanta United's training ground. A little bit later on, we'll talk to Gonzalo Pineda, also Garth Lagerway, who's the president, the new president of Atlanta United, is going to join us. When we come back, though, we'll get to some headlines next on Sports Radio two nine The Game. Thanks to Brad Guzan for stopping by. He's always fun to chop it up with. We're going to get a chance to talk with the new president, Garth Lagerwey, a little bit later on on the show. It's Dukes and Bell. We're live at the uh, Atlanta United Training Grounds. And literally, just to give you guys a scene setter, Mike and I both here with this executive producer, Eric, our own site engineer. We are elevated, so we're on the second floor, but we have a clear view of all the fields. And right. Brad was just saying they're training today, so we're going to get a chance a little bit here uh, probably after 3 o'clock or so, get a chance to watch these guys out here. Now, again, I'm not sure what we'll be watching exactly, Mike, considering what the practice schedule is going to be today, but that's kind of the scene setter for if you're wondering, well, where are we broadcasting from? We're in the main building. And, and by the way, we we got a, a window into the to like the the cafeteria area. Unbelievable, mm-hmm. man. they got all the – the dieticians out here, chefs. I mean, these guys—they live the life. Yeah, we were talking about this,
3: you know, years years ago when they first built the facility. And we spoke to a couple of the players that came over from England, and they were like, "Wow!" And again, the late Anton Walks I mentioned—great yeah. kid—and hate to, lo- have to have lost him. But he talked about how this is up there with Arsenal, Chelsea, Manchester, as far as you know, other other teams, expansion teams like Austin came over here to tour the facility and see because that's how we're going to build ours. And this thing, it really is—it's—it's it's absolutely state of the art, and it's a blast. And and again, a bunch of guys hit us up on the text line. And they, everyone pulling for Brad knowing that, uh, you know, overcoming an Achilles, uh, I can tell you, Carl, I can tell you, he
1: is like the Energizer body. He is so raring to go to get the season rolling. All right, guys, plenty more to get to. NFL Blitz is on the way. I just retweeted this because the 49ers put it out there that Nick Bosa has been named the Pro Football Writers of America's Defensive Player Mm -hmm. of the Year. We are also going to debate a little bit later on um, the MVP because, you know, if you look at the finalists, they're all deserving. I, I, here's the deal with Justin Jefferson, by the way, and I know a lot of guys are like, if he don't get it this year, no receivers ever winning it. Cooper Cup didn't win it, guys. Right, and he was the triple crown winner. Correct. He didn't win the MVP. That's why I hate these awards. So, Mike, I, I mean, again, you're a wide receiver. <laughs> right. You rely on other people to get you the ball. You make plays. You score touchdowns. You have a, a huge impact on your team's winning. And yet you don't get a chance to really ever win an MVP. I mean, you know, that, that's part of the problem. I don't know if, if you're not going to give it over the last two years to two wide receivers who were worthy, Cooper Cup mm-hmm. and, and Justin Jefferson with the Vikings. I don't know if anybody's ever going to win that award outside of quarterbacks.
3: The last non-quarterback to win the MVP was LaDainian Tomlinson in 2006. And he scored all those touchdowns. That's 16 years ago. Yeah. 16 years ago. And Sean Alexander won it the year before. There was a nice run of running because back then it was. That's why I don't like this award because I just think, you know, Jefferson Yes, Jefferson has to have someone to get the ball. But, I mean, if you kick it all the way back to our heyday, you know, you go back, Marcus Allen won an MVP. You know, I mean, you think about the dudes, Emmitt Smith, you know, won an MVP. Barry Sanders tied. They had a co-MVP with him and Brett Favre in 97. That's what I'd like to see. Uh, Justin Jefferson be a co-MVP with Mahomes. I
1: I think Mahomes is the MVP. Yeah, I do too, man. Uh, We'll get into that coming up here. NFL Blitz on the way. Turtle behind the glass, our engineer. Let's hit some headlines.
2: Strap in youngins Hitting the headlines with Dukes and Bell Alright,
1: Hawks in action tonight Let's hear Nate McMillan because he said Mike, Chicago exposed the Hawks Game plan and their execution Wait, there, the was, there was a game plan? <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing What was that game Tonight it's OKC, they're on the road Here's Nate
4: It was a little bit of their pressure uh, But it was us Passing in traffic Uh Dribbling in traffic Uh, You know trying to play with two three guys sometimes on us Um, You know when uh, you know we say whenever you get two on the ball your job is done You know get the ball out, you know, make sure you have the proper spacing and uh, be aggressive against uh, teams that are trapping that play with a tight paint uh, as uh, Chicago does.
1: Okay. And listen, everything he's saying is right. Basically he's telling Trey to pass the ball when he right. runs into those traps. <laughs> that's
3: what DeShante and again for
1: the for the I don't know, seventeen minutes that they're
3: on the floor at the same time together, I still think that can be tweaked. Uh for the seventeen to twenty minutes even DeJounte, that's when you gotta pass the ball. Yeah, Trey. yeah, that's I, he's not wrong about any that's of that. That's what we thought the whole thing was done and was built around that if you Miami would have you completely locked down and then nothing happened, that's why we wouldn't got DeJounte. So here we are, Carl, more than halfway through the season, and we're still figuring
1: that out. How do we get our rhythm back tonight, Nate McMillan? Can we?
4: We have to uh, come out and play. You know, every game is uh, really important. And, uh, you know, we had a good rhythm uh, going, and uh, you have to find that rhythm in the next game.
1: Okay. Already then. I mean, a veritable fireball. I just coached it. <laughs> I wanna I wanna I wanna believe everything he said. What he's saying is not wrong. It's no, no. just is it convincing enough for you or me I or mean, them? No, I mean, as Red, it's it's it's
3: some fundamentally sound tactics he's trying to implore. Tactics. I'm a little confused by your execution tactics. of the tactics. Yeah, so it, this is why if you don't improve, and like we said, it you are only technically two-and-a-half to three games out of the sixth seed. You know, you can still make a run, but it just it's so disheartening to lose. The Hornets game is even more annoying to me than losing on the road to the Bulls. That's the one that you blew at home. And now you're a one-and-a-half point favorite against
1: the Thunder, which is okay. Vegas is feeling we're going to bring some heat tonight. All right. We'll see what happens. More on this game coming up. Headlines brought to you by our friends at ATL Live Well. Low testosterone doesn't have to keep you down. Call ATL Live Well today. Don't just live. Live well. Hey, uh, while we're talking about what's going on uh, around the NFL, we're going to talk about what Andy Reid told reporters today about Patrick Mahomes coming up in our NFL Blitz here in less than 10 minutes. Mike, we left the show yesterday talking about this. We had the crime dog on the show literally a week or so, Bo, I think, after he got the word that he was going into the hall. He came on our program. He was great. He's just, you know, been a fun guy all his career. And now Crime Dog is going in with Scott Rowland. And, Mike, you were making a big deal out of this yesterday. We were talking about it. But now everybody knows Scott Rowland's getting into the Hall of Fame. Listen, Scott Rowland's glove at third base was unbelievable. But I just have an issue, and this is part of our discussion. As we start talking about these Hall of Fame candidates, their numbers, how they compare, and what put you over the top. And, and my thing for Scott Rowland, and Mike, you said this going back to last year, he only got about 10%. And then all of a sudden now he's got the seventy five percent over that that he needs to get in, and I'm going, what put him over the top? And that's it, uh, uh, seven All Star games, a bunch of Gold Gloves,
3: but this is where it it, it differs, and it's I, I want to just go on record, said this just that, but I heard Randy saying, you know, when a guy gets in the Hall of Fame, it's the culmination of, of all the work that he put in, and, and it's a shame, but baseball writers have ruined this thing and diluted the Hall of Fame, and it's nothing wrong with Scott Rollins, Scott. It was a really good player. As I said, a really good player. The best he ever was was fourth in voting for the MVP one year. Dale Murphy's got two, okay? And I know that, you know, Andrew Jones doesn't didn't reach the 2000 hit plateau. And the writers, maybe maybe the writers felt he didn't always have a plan at the plate and he was just free swinging. But the dude was electric. He was an electrifying part of those amazing Braves teams. And this is what drives people crazy. You have the steroid thing. Scott Rowland was presumably a clean guy his whole career. Then you got guys like, because he's a third baseman. I heard uh, John Chakry he said this. It was a great phrase. It was a position bias because there's not many third basemen in the hall because it's such a tough position. But, again, Carl, what I was ranting about, you had 10% the first time you were eligible. And now, five or four years later, now all of a sudden you get to the threshold barely at 76. There's something tremendously flawed with this process. I just don't don't like it. And I know that Dale didn't get in with this latest Veterans Committee uh, choice. So, Fred McGriff, everyone loves. Fred should have been in a long time ago. And and Scott Rowland, good for you, but I think it's the Hall
1: of Good. Uh, It's getting there. I mean, there are a lot of guys that are deserving. I just think it's going to get tougher and tougher with the criteria right, is, is the issue. And, and and I've said this to Mike, you know, for all those years that I covered baseball, the Hall was pretty easy. You had to have, you know, 3,000 hits, right, the special guys. Right. You had to have over 500 home runs. Um, you know, there was a certain criteria for RBI. We're talking about everyday players. If you lived up to this standard, you were going to get in. And now that standard is skewed, and that's the problem. And you go, well, and I always tell people, for me, this is, this is how I start with this Hall of Fame conversation. Was he the best player at his position at any point in his career? We're hands down. Right. Then you go, was he the best player in baseball? Can you say that? Like, if you talk about Griffey or right. or, or uh, um, a Jeter or any of the guys recently that have gone in, and you go, were they the best at their position? Yes. And at any point, were they the best in baseball? Yes. Okay, then you start looking at this other stuff. And I can't say that about Scott Rowland. And the other thing is, and this is where it gets sideways
3: for me, is the agendas the agendas you know these guys are keeping barry bonds out of the hall of fame and, and roger clemens for that matter and these guys and especially barry bonds he was hall of fame before we believe he started monkeying around as i always say crow when he put up a hat size yeah but these guys they didn't want to know about steroids those guys never asked any tough questions it was an si writer that first asked the question about andrew steen about mark mcguire because none of those writers want to go down that road and now they've got the balls to be the gatekeepers look jeff kent from what I've heard, he's kind of a jerk. But so what? Kurt Schilling, yeah, he says a lot of crazy stuff, and he's off the wall politically. But guess what? It's still a free country. And Ty Cobb was an about racist. So I mean, you want to go down the line of these guys? The, the, the to me, the the it's almost like the the field goal, the goalposts get moved on this. They, in the case of Jeff Kent, he's one of the greatest hitting second basemen. He's but great. the media hated his guts, and he was kind of a jerk. And so that he's and he just missed out. He's never getting back in until some veterans, too many down the road.
1: Yeah, Jeff was one of these guys. Uh, he, he was one of these guys He just didn't care And, and, and Mike's right I can tell you First hand experience You'd go into the clubhouse And Jeff would be like Jeff you talking today And he'd be like I don't have anything To say to you guys And he'd be looking you In the face Like I don't even like You guys around my locker Get away." Right. And the next day You come in he'd be like Jeff uh, can I get a word with you Yeah what's going on Take a seat <laughs> What the <laughs> hell What is your deal dude like what are you okay? And he'd sit and he'd talk with you. If he liked you, he'd sit and talk with you for twenty five minutes, he'd give right. you everything you wanted, and you'd come back that next night, he might hit two home runs, and he'd be like, You guys wanna to talk to me? Yeah, Jeff, you hit two home runs. Big deal, we lost the game. That's who he was. Right. And so guys just did you sometimes you didn't get anything from him and it ticked a lot of writers off because, well, Mike, you say it, they hold grudges.
3: Eddie Murray took forever to get in. You know, there's a lot of guys out there. But anyway, you look at his stats. Look, he was not a great field in second base, and that's what a lot of people say. And, of course, he also wrecked the motorcycle and lied about it and said he fell sure off did. his car washed his truck.
1: Sure so there's a lot, these are the things that add up. But anyway, you figure out what makes the Hall of Fame these days. I give up. All right, coming up, we're going to talk about what Patrick Mahomes said today about the AFC title game as part of our NFL Blitz. Stay right there. It's Dukes and Bell.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.